This is Great Day Nation, presented by BetMGM. I'm your host, Morton Anderson, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Tommy Freeze Pops. Tommy, what do we got this week? Morton, thanks as always for having me. Super Bowl 56 is here. The Bengals are in Los Angeles, ready to take on the Rams. Can Burrow get it done? Will the Rams defend their home turf? We'll dive headfirst into our Super Bowl 56 preview in this week's Fast Five. But before we do, let's bring on a two-time Super Bowl MVP to help us get ready for the big game, shall we? A two-time Super Bowl champion, four-time Pro Bowler, and New York Giants legend Eli Manning joins the show. And as always, you'll close things out with your game winner. But before we get into all of that, let's go to the opening kick. Morton Anderson kicks off. And it's a beauty through the end zone. And Morton Anderson has been doing that with regularity this season and throughout his illustrious career. Shaboy! Did you watch this year's Pro Bowl? I did not. But I remember my Pro Bowl years. I played in seven games and enjoyed every one of them. What's not to like? The game used to be in Hawaii, which is the only place it should ever be played. I would fly out a couple of weeks early and island hop, play the game, and stay another week or so after the game. It was perfect. Make a little money, hang out on the islands, and have a blast. During one visit in the 1980s, I found myself on the big island skiing on Mauna Kea in the morning and body surfing in the Pacific in the afternoon. I bought three acres of land on the Kohala coast and had dreams of building my own Hawaiian home. It never happened, and I eventually sold the land. But the week leading up to the game was always fun. We would visit hospitals, military bases, and connect with the local community. The Hawaiian people are lovely, proud, and loyal. And the game itself? Well, first off, you're playing with the best players in the world, legends and future Hall of Famers. Secondly, Practices were light and short, which meant more beach time and Mai Tais. We won our share of the games, and I did have some big kicks once in a while. I remember nailing a then Pro Bowl record 50-plus yarder and Ditka pumping his fist at me in excitement. Good times, man. Good memories. We played to win the game. It felt real. The second half was usually much more intense than the first half. After all, the winner got paid more. But now, the game seems blah. It's a glorified scrimmage, and the vibe is not what it used to be. Call me a boomer, but give me the Pro Bowl in Hawaii in Aloha Stadium under a blue sky with palm trees waving in the Pacific breeze. One Mai Tai, two Mai Tai, three Mai Tai, floor. (laughs) I love it. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. The Pro Bowl is not the same. I remember as a kid, I used to look forward to seeing all these awesome players do Pro Bowl stuff all week. They'd have stuff on ESPN and then the game would happen and the intros were fun and the football was actually pretty good. Like you said, in the second half, there'd be some big plays, some big hits. And now it's like, 
They'll throw Stefan Diggs out there at, at corner to defend his corner playing receiver. And it's just like, I don't really want to watch that. You know, I'm not into that. One clip to, to prove to you and our listeners that the Pro Bowl was different then than it is now. One you do all Google Sean Taylor, big hit in Pro Bowl. You will understand yep. that that game meant something to the players. We, we talked about Sean Taylor with Ed Reed a couple of weeks ago and what type of guy he was, but that personified not, not only who Sean Taylor was, but what it meant for him to play in that All-Star game. Yep. That is the exact play I was thinking of when I said there used to be some big hits. Mm -hmm. Legendary play. It's in his highlight tape. When you talk about Sean Taylor, they put that play in there. Yeah. So it's not what it used to be. And, you know, this year it was in Vegas. Yeah. And that's obviously that's that's not a place where you want to have guys with not that much to do just hanging around. And then the Pro Bowl's there, which they don't have to really put a ton of prep into or take that seriously. And a guy like Alvin Kamara, who, you know, is a guy we talk about a lot on this podcast, gets into some trouble. And who the hell knows how that's going to play out. But, you know, you could probably avoid things like that happening if the Pro Bowl's in Hawaii instead of it being in Las Vegas. Yeah, I'm not going to judge what happened with Kamara because I've met him. He's such a soft-spoken dude. I just have a hard time wrapping my head around the fact that he would assault anybody, but we'll see where that ends up. The key is to have wingmen with you all the time. Another set of eyes and ears. And Let's face it, Vince Lombardi said this a long time ago to Paul Horner when Paul wanted to skip curfew at 11. Vince said, hey, Paul, if anything happens after midnight, that's good. Wake me up, I'll go with you. So this, to his point, nothing happens after midnight, that's good. Just get out of there. Have some brand awareness and protect that brand. Understand that you're under the microscope, especially in Vegas during the Pro Bowl week, and you're one of the players. Oh, good grief. It's just a nightmare scenario for trouble. And you're a target. And if alcohol's involved, then it's a whole nother show, you know. Absolutely. So we'll continue to monitor that story as it unfolds here. But looking forward to the Super Bowl and Eli Manning. The two-time Super Bowl champion is going to help us kick off the Super Bowl coverage here on Great Dane Nation, episode 75. Before we get to that interview, I wanted to tell you guys about our friends from BetMGM. BetMGM is the king of sports books, and they have a really cool promotion going on right now for new players. It's your last chance to do it this football season. Bet $10 to win $200 if your team scores a touchdown. Bet on any NFL money line, and if your team scores a touchdown, you'll receive an additional $200 in free bets. Must be 21 or older to play. Legal in Arizona, New Jersey, Indiana, Colorado, Tennessee, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Washington, D.C. only. Full terms and conditions apply. BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks, and it's the official odds maker of Great Dane Nation. All right, let's get to that conversation with some guy named Eli Manning. Let's go. Let's kick it. Alicia Nelson Manning, or better known as Eli Manning, is my guest today on Great Dane Nation. Eli is a two-time Super Bowl champion and MVP, and he just finished the first season of the Manning cast with his brother Peyton, which I thought was fantastic. 
Eli also has a speed limit at Ole Miss with his dad, Archie. So, Eli, my first question is going to be, what do I go by, 18, 10? Are there areas at Oxford where I can get caught in a 10? Or am I safe at 18? What's Give me the skinny on that. No, uh, my dad's still the legend down there. He's the original. He, he's got the speed limit uh, on, on campus of Ole Miss. The speed limit is 18 miles an hour. I got a few like uh, parking lots, you know. They they kind of put it up just to try to make me happy. So he he's he's got the official speed limit. He's you know, uh, he he's the man. He's the legend down there. I'm just I'm just yeah. trying to just living under his shadow. My history with your dad was uh, we've been friends a long time, but in 1982 I was drafted by the Saints in the fourth round. And Archie, your dad was was still there, and then. He was shipped off to Houston and then to Minnesota. I think your dad decided throwing the forward pass, laying down on your back is really difficult. So I think he came home to New Orleans and said, that's enough. Let me focus on the kids. Yeah, I think so. I think, uh, you know, he, he's paying the consequences now for uh, for a 14-year NFL career with the with an offensive line that was a little shaky. So he's, you know, he's, he's, got, he's got the cane a little bit now. So I hope yeah. I'm not seeing the future of what my, my life is going to be in, in another 25 years or so. But, you know, my, as you know, my dad, there's, there's not a better person. He, he uh, you know, he, he'll never talk about his offensive line. He'll never mention no excuses, no regrets about anything in his life. He has great friendships, great relationships with all his teammates, coaches, current coaches, current players. I mean, he, he texts more than a 13 year old girl. Um, you know, I got, I got, I got, when, when we're together, we have family dinner, like, you know, we're, we're sitting at the dinner table. We, in our, in our household, we kind of have a no phones, no iPads rule. Just say hey, that's a little, a little time where we can try to get together a little bit. My dad's there on his phone the whole time. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, sorry. You know, I'm texting Trevor Lawrence or, you know, I'm like, Hey, just take a little break, you know. You know, we're at the dinner table. Let's 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 dial in here a little bit. So it, I said, it should be you telling me that. It's not. It should be the son telling the dad to get off the phone. He was kind enough to connect uh, you and I, and you guys. He's a good texter, as opposed to your brother Peyton. Which so when I text Peyton, I usually get like an emoji back, like a thumbs up, or one of these, you know, like uh, yeah, okay. That that's that's about the extent of of what I get from Peyton. I don't know. Is that is that pretty accurate? Yeah, same here. You know, anytime, uh, you know, I'm not even asking him a question, you know, just like, hey, I'm, or, or, or I am asking him a question. I need like a yes or no, or, hey, what time are you getting in tomorrow? And I just get like the okay. I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to. <laughs> what does know, that mean? I don't know how, what that means exactly. So, um, <laughs> well, and, and then, and then, and now I just get, so if he, if he really has something to say, if it's too long to text and he has to, actually use words or write write a sentence or put a period somewhere he doesn't text that anymore he leaves a voice memo so he has a memo and he texts you what he wants to say but he doesn't actually have like actually have a, a conversation and in it he asks he asks questions in the memo so like sometimes i'm listening to it i'll like answer it i'll start answering like yeah well that's a good oh yeah i, I forgot you're not really talking to me it's just it's just a recording <laughs> why is that what i mean you guys, are, I mean, your brothers, and you have Cooper too, of course. It's so I have a twin brother, so I, I don't want to go down a rapid hole here, but it is kind of funny how brothers are so different, right? 
And I mean, I know you guys are both highly competitive and Peyton's competitive and you, your dad was competitive. Cooper is competitive and could have been a great player had he not had that back injury, neck injury, right? So I wonder what, what makes us so different than, you know, that it's interesting. Yeah. It's it's a psychology, I guess. There it is. I mean, and I, I see it with my kids, right? You kind of raise them all the same, but I mean, they're just, yeah. everyone has their own personality. Everyone is into different things, likes different things. And so that's just, um, yeah. I thought it came out, Eli, I really thought it came out in the Manning cast. I thought you guys did a great job. I, I, were you happy with it? Yeah, you know, I, I was. I was very happy. I thought, um, you know, I think it's what we wanted it to be. And that was kind of the idea coming into it. And, and we didn't know the adjustments we might have to make after the first uh, Monday night game or the second one and, and kind of see what fans like. But you kind of, you know, just learned that, you know, hey, Peyton's going to be intense. He's going to hate, you know, anything with time management or mismanagement. It's like going to drive him crazy. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just going to, you know, pick on them when I see opportunities, just take little shots at them and or myself. And so, you know, it was a lot of fun just to, you know, like you said, I don't get to have many real conversations with them on the phone, and you know, because he doesn't respond. So to get them for a few Monday nights for three hours, watching football, analyzing plays, asking questions, you know, that was that's a lot of fun for me. So, yeah, what I noticed, the difference between the two of you, I, I'll start with you. I thought you were kind of understated. You were funny. You had this... Um, when you said something funny, you were out, you, you just let it hang and marinate. I love that. Where Peyton, you're right, he gets pissed off. He got really like pissed off about pre-snap mistakes, right? Like not necessarily in the heat of the battle, mis- you know, mistakes and penalties, sure. but like wrong alignment, mental errors, you know, jumping off sides. Those, type of, yeah, those type of things just annoy the heck out of it, right? Yeah, so. it's not the drop ball. Like, hey, if right. you're giving great effort and you drop a pass, it's like, you know, hey, you can live with that. And, and yeah. you know, he's thrown a bad pass before, but it's missed assignments, false starts, just kind of that mental, those mental errors that are that are very, you know, fixable and, and very, you know, you could you could avoidable. Those are the things that drive him crazy, I think, always, always have. And, you know, you could kind of see when he was playing, like what would get him frustrated. And it's just like not having great plays, not, not you know, delay a game, you know, those type of things would just drive, you know, drive him crazy. And so he'd always avoid them. So I think the, it, it always has been. He's like, he's just intense. He's, you know, fired up. He's um, and all those things. I've always just been a little bit more laid back. And, and you know, you still yeah. – when we played, you have the competitiveness and you want to win. You just kind of show it in different ways. It's funny. He actually turned me down for the, for an interview a, a while ago. Said, oh, I can't, I can't. If I got to do yours, Martin, then I got to do everybody's. Then I proceeded to watch him on every freaking show around the country. I go, something's not here. He's on Jaworski's show. He's, you know, he's everywhere. I go, this doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm going to have a talk with you, bro. You I mean, it, I know. it just doesn't make any sense. We kind of we, we both had a, um, a good little run. I, I had never done a podcast till maybe uh, four or five months ago. Just, you know, I just I'd never done one. I, I kind of had that free excuse. I say, oh, well, I just I don't I've never done a podcast. I'm just I'm avoiding it. And then finally, you know, because of a promotion or for some reason, I had to do one. And then all of a sudden, like all those my buddies, old teammates, guys is like, hey, you did a pot. I thought you don't do it. You did a podcast. And it's like, all right, here now it's starting and, and you do the flood and go through it. But you pick, you know, you pick and choose. 
right? You pick. Well, I mean, we we have a little history together, so I think it's fair to say that you know we can spend a little time together. No doubt, I love it. You know, you know while, yeah. I mean, growing up growing up in New Orleans, those great years with you and the Saints. You know, going to Saints games, and you were you were just you know Hall of Famer and yeah, and, and just Mister Automatic there, and, and those great you know those Saints uh, teams. And it was really you know the defense. It was more of a defense with you know the Dome Patrol. Von, yeah, right. the Dome Patrol. Von Johnson. You know, Ricky Jackson. Uh, who else? Sam Mills. Oh, yeah, Sam Mills. Uh, Vaughn Johnson, Matt Swilling, Ricky Jackson. Yeah, yeah those, those guys. guys were yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. And so those, uh, you know, it was a fun, fun environment to be in the Superdome during those times. I remember you were out with your dad a long time at training camp. I think it was in '82, maybe. I was, yeah, I was a bit of a baby. I it been couldn't have been '82. It might have been after he retired, and probably it might have had came back out and, and brought you guys out, and it was fun yeah. to watch. And then, I, and now here we are, and I can't wait to welcome you into the Hall of Fame in a couple of years. That's going to be fun to watch and uh, and and witness that. Hey, I noticed on the Manning cast, I never saw you drinking any beverages. Okay, I, I certainly saw, I saw the Hennessy. <laughs> I saw, that was nice. But Peyton had his little uh, Yeti, his little cup. What's in that? Can you divulge what's in that? Is it is it an alcoholic beverage? Is it just a Gatorade? What, what we got going? I, I what do you think? A, I, I think I have a feeling there was a beer in there. He never completely revealed to me, but you know, I, I know yeah. that he, he thinks a beer makes him funnier, and so I think that was the uh, <laughs> that was the idea to maybe have one or two just sure. to kind of. Loosen you know, up, lo- loosen up a little bit, and and yeah. so I, I just you know I couldn't I couldn't do it, and um uh, just too too late. I just I was I was you know had my water. I had to, I had to stay hydrated. Had, you know had to stay focused on on the task. I saw your tweet about Eagles fans said I told you I was right. So how much how much shit did you take from the ESPN bosses after chucking the birds there? Because hey, I thought it was hilarious, obviously, and uh, it made some news. What did you yeah. uh, took some pretty uh, good heat. Yeah, I mean, not, not not as much as I thought. I, what I learned, I mean, I, I had to came, you know come back you know from air and uh, or from the commercial, came back on air, uh, but during the commercial break, they said, "Hey, you yeah, know, you right. got to apologize." It's like, go ahead, get the apology over now. That way, you don't have to <laughs> you know, issue a statement later on. And they and then I later learned that as long as it's in context, like I was telling a story about yeah. someone else doing it, you're a little bit safer. It wasn't like I was saying, "Hey, America." Boom! You know, here you go. Right. Uh, it was more, hey, this this is what someone did to me. I'm just acting it out. So as long as it's in context, you're a little yes. safe. Yeah, I agree with that. It's it's all about how it's set and exactly and what it, what connects it, right? It's, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Why are you doing it? Why did you do it? Has has some some uh, is, is relevant right. in that in that scenario? I was hoping you would wear the uh, death row chain. But I think that was brilliant. And Snoop Dogg, the best guest, who who was your, I mean, I know that you all had great guests. It was A-listers, but like, who did you really like? Oh yeah, this one flows. This one is nice. I'm relating. This one, <laughs> home run. Well, was it Snoop? Was it Letterman? I mean, you had a bunch, you know? So many good ones. Yeah, so, many, so good many good ones. Yeah, right? I think Snoop, Snoop, I think was was so much fun just because I, I think we we you know we don't relate in any other way if, uh, you know in, in our normal lifestyle and I think it was just so you know me say hey we're you know we're speaking the same language here Snoop is it, you know yeah. it's so far fetched that it was just fun you know yeah. he's offering me a chain for my birthday I'm giving Pate you know he because he didn't give me anything for my birthday and Snoop's right, giving right. me something so I think that you know those type of just you know um, conversations made it fun I thought also with Snoop you know he was he was a big Steelers fan he was naming all the players from the 70s when he was growing up 
who his best players were. So you could tell, like, he was a football fan. He was knowledgeable about football. It's part of his life. And yet you kind of get to talk about the other things. So, yeah, I think, you know, I thought Gronk was great. You know, he kind of, you know, reveals that he doesn't watch film. You know, he got in trouble for that. Marshawn Lynch is, you know, cursing and drinking and no no telling what else. So just the side, the side posture was especially uh, enticing to me. Aggressive. Drinking a handy for big bro and little bro. Come on, man. I mean, it's perfect. Man, it's just it him. Is, like, it's, it's authentic. It's, that is authentic, Marshawn Lynch, and so that's what makes it fun. When when you're not, you know, you're not about to say that, to right? A product. You're not endorsing something. No. You're just, hey, I'm coming to watch no. a game with with Peyton Eli and have a little drink. Like that's what you do when you watch Monday Night Football. That was the whole idea. Is like, hey, we're at a bar watching a game. We're hanging out. We're talking. And every once in a while, we'll dive into a play and, and analyze it. They shot in your homes. Yeah, just shot it in, in my home. I'm in my basement. You know, so you're I, in Jersey and Peyton's out in, in Peyton, Denver. Peyton's in Denver. I'm in New yeah. Jersey. So, yeah. you know, like I go down around 7, 7.15. Uh, my kids usually come down for the first, like, you know, 25, 30 minutes. They're running around. They're like, you know, they everything's all set up. Every helmet's perfect. Every, you know, little spot. And they come in and they're just disaster. Anarchy. They're, Anarchy. they're putting the helmet on. They're, they're playing tackle football. Yeah, uh, around they're throwing stuff and, and it's just you know a little bit of chaos and i'm getting mic'd up and whatnot and then it's like all right it's time bedtime for them and, and i go to work all right let me play what if with you here so another combination another brother combination to host this show i'm just saying if you guys get so big that can't do this you know every week we gotta have a guest <laughs> we gotta have a guest brother so i'm gonna throw some names at you, okay. you pick all right the watts brothers Kelsey Brothers, the Gronks, the Harbaugh's, the Longs, Rob and Rex Ryan. There you go. Uh, Michael and Martellus Bennett. Do you like any of those combos? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the Kelsey Kelsey Brothers are both characters. Uh, been around, but you know, we, we had Travis on the show, but his brother, you know, the place with the Eagles is is a character. So I think the center tight end combination is good and interesting. I yes. think Gronk, you know, get the Gronk brothers together. No telling what, what might have happened there. There'll and, be some uh, shots coming up for yeah, sure. Yeah, a lot of shots. Um, you know, and then, yeah, the Ryan brothers, you know, that's, you know, two football minds, defensive minds, characters, high energy. So yeah. that, that would be good as well. Yeah, you may, I mean, with the Gronks, you may even see a, a pole somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Are you ever thinking about the booth with Peyton? Is that going to happen? Are you you happy with this? I'm happy with this. And I think, you know, a lot of it is, you know, reason kind of my dad never, you know, when he retired, he kind of got asked to get into the booth. I think Peyton, the reason he hasn't done it, he's been retired six years now, is that, you know, it just kind of takes your whole weekend away. We have young kids. I mean, I know like what the weekends are right now with my kids, with the sporting events and birthday parties. I mean, Mm -hmm. you're all over, you're dropping, it's, you know, you finally sit down at eight o'clock at night on a Saturday, exhausted. And so, I mean, you just miss so much time. They're at school during the week and activities like the weekends kind of where you get to have some fun and, and be around them and be a part of their, their sporting events and, and their friends are over and whatnot. And so you, you would just, you know, that's important to me to be around that. And if you do, yes. if you're traveling, every, you know, there's no home game. If you're in the booth, you're on the road every single weekend. So for this, it's Monday night. I'm with my family all weekend. I'm with them Monday. I have dinner with them usually. Then go down to, you know, call the game with my brother. I mean, just you know, it's it's a more relaxed atmosphere of it. You know, just gotta having fun, taking shots. It's not so 
you know, strict to what you can say or what you have to do, you know, yeah. just, hey, what, you know, whatever pops up. And, and so I think we'll, and we'll continue to get better with it as we learn kind of what, you know, different things that we can get into or little, you know, skits and, and whatnot or, or, or demonstrations where we're standing up. So I think doing all those things will be fun. And, and it's just, yeah, so- we can always do the, yeah, I can get you the know, hips going. I can get the hips going and and warm it up. So that I mean, it's like doing that kind of stuff. It's it's what makes it, uh, you know, unique and fun and and you know yeah. just kind of fits our personality. Well, I'm ready as a guest if you need a kicker. I know Perfect. you guys are probably you know. Yeah, I mean, some special you never know. Teams. We don't have yeah, any gotta have gotta have. You know, it might be well, a Saints you know, game. Yeah. You cover a Saints game or a, you know one uh, you a Giants know. game. You know, I played for the Giants. That's right. You know, Peyton, kick, Peyton and kickers kind of have a you know. Well, yeah, Vanda Jack. That's yeah, why you know they got a little interesting pass. So I don't know. I Basically. know. Yeah, <laughs> that idiot kicker from Canada, I believe, <laughs> might have been the statement. Maybe no comment. <laughs> hey. Tenth year already, tenth anniversary of your second Super Bowl victory over the Pats. That's pretty amazing to think that it's been that long. It's uh, going fast. It's going really, really fast. And and uh, you know we got all, we got to get together at a Giants game this year. They they honored us at halftime, and so it was awesome just to see those guys. Uh, you hadn't seen you know some of them. You know how it is with teammates. Some of them stay in the area. They live in New Jersey. You see them on weekends. You have dinner. You, you might see them at a Giants game. And and other people are California or down south, or all, all over the place. So you, you know you might text with them. You know some text chains, but you don't get to see them that often. So I had a great you know dinner in the city Saturday night with the whole team and wives and, and everybody and then just go to the game together and just get to hang out with those guys i mean it's uh so many great stories from that year and, and other yeah. years so just you know so much fun being with them yeah you're one of the few guys who was mvp of the super bowl as you reflect back on super bowl 42 46 a couple of plays stand out i, I know you've been asked ad nauseum okay about them um Never tired about talking about those. I'm t- yeah, you're right. So let's just briefly on on Super Bowl 46, right? You had one under your belt. I mean, I look at that Mario Manningham catch on the sideline. Yeah. I think to myself, how the hell was that ball completed? <laughs> well, but it, so how was that ball completed? You know, I mean, obviously, yeah, we, you know, I had won a Super Bowl, but a lot of my, all my receivers had not won a Super Bowl. Mario Manningham, Victor Cruz, Hakeem Nix. I mean, those, and, and you want to win it for them. Like, you want them to have that feeling of a championship and holding that trophy and, and all the hard work we put in that year. It was a lockout year. And I had those guys up here all summer working out, throwing routes. I mean, they, they earned it. They, they put in the effort and the work and, and we came out and had, a, you know, were explosive on offense that year. And so Manningham just, yeah, you know, I'm, unbelievable catch. I got on him earlier in the year because kind of a similar play. He had a go route and, you know, I was kind of working the other side and came back late to him. And he was like kind of jogging and not looking. And I was, you know, one day throw it to him, but I kind of saw he was loafing. So I just threw it out of bounds and I, you know, ripped into him and said, Hey, you never know when I might be coming over there. I might, I might look right or I might have to move left and come to you. So obviously in the Super Bowl, you know, he kept running. It was covered two. You know, you don't really throw many go routes versus covered two down the sideline late, but uh, it looked right. They had it covered. It was really just kind of the same thing. Hey, he was my only other receiver, was going to look at him or throw it out of bounds and go on the second down. But saw a little window and put it where either he could catch it or nobody. And he, I mean, 
you know, that, that catch, it's like over the outside shoulder. Like you don't yeah. see the ball when it hits your hands and he's going left and taking a shot, you know, and keeping your feet in bounds. Mm-hmm. It's great effort, great concentration. And obviously, you know, I love a throw. You're feeling, <laughs> feeling great. I mean, you're backed up your own 10. You got 90 yards to go. You hit a, now we're, oh. we're past midfield and now we're kind of in the driver's seat a little bit more. Yeah, and you you were under duress and still delivered it. And another time you were under duress, that's Super Bowl forty two. You playing the Patriots? They're eighteen and zero. I mean, yeah. they're the greatest offense probably maybe ever, right? So, yeah. and you're you're twenty seven years old. You're you're only in your like third year, fourth year, I think. Yeah, fourth year, fourth year. And you're asked to play the greatest team here ever assembled, if you will. Take me back to those two weeks because you had two weeks of preparation, looking at that team and going, how, how are we going to beat them? And how confident were you? Were you feeling it at, at kickoff? Be honest. Yeah, you, we were confident going into that game. We had played really good throughout the playoffs. So, you know, we just kind of clicked, started clicking on off, off offense, and it really started the last game of the regular season. We played the Patriots. They were 15 and 0. We had That's already, right. We had already clinched a spot in the playoffs, but Coach Coughlin said, hey, hey, we're, we're playing this game. Like, we're not sitting. We're playing. We're playing to win. Let's go. Let's go beat these guys. And we went in and we played them tough. We put up 30 points. Mm-hmm. Um, they That's beat right. us, but we played them right to the very end. Their offense was good. So we just kind of felt, you know, hey, it gave us confidence going into Tampa that next week. Say, hey, we can be good offensively. We can we can be explosive when we need to, but we can play smart. Our defense, you know, hopefully get on track and get some pressure. They weren't great on offense, so we just kind of felt we could we could hang with them. We did that. We go into Dallas. You know, they're good, uh, but we slow them down. We score a couple of touchdowns early on, and so then the Green Bay. So we're, we're going in and saying, hey, we're playing good offensively. Defense is playing good. We hung with these guys last time. Like, we just make a player too different. You know, we can beat these guys. And so that's kind of – we got off – I thought we got off to a great start in that game, we, we, we drove down, we spent about, you know, held the ball for about eight minutes, got a, only got a field goal, but just right there, you're, you're shortening the game. You're, you're limiting possessions for keeping time. him, keeping that guy on the sideline, yeah, right on the sideline. And, you know, um, you know, he only gets one possession in the first quarter. I mean, that's, that's how you, that's what you do Just uh, you know, they have a you know, few drives and have to punt. It's like, Hey, we're just, you know, let's just keep doing it. Let's run the ball. Let's find completions. And, you know, sure enough, the fourth quarter, we got a little bit more aggressive, had to score and, and we're able to do it. Yeah. David Tyrese helmets, cats. Exactly. Unbelievable. One of the just, most. Just how we drew it up. Just how we drew it up. It's drawn up just like that in the, in the playbook. I mean, did you see the play? I don't remember if you were on your back because you were under duress. You were scrambling. You avoided a sack. Right. Adeptly, just like a Manning does, you know. Yeah, always. Um, yeah, I saw it. I wouldn't know. Take, take me through the play. Yeah, take me yeah, through Yeah, I saw it. I mean, I kind of saw it. And I saw him going down. I couldn't see where the ball was. And, and you know, we had to take a timeout. Uh, just we couldn't run that much clock. And, you know, I remember asking him, like, hey, you know, David, did, did you catch it? He's like, I caught it. I'm like, you know, I've been burned by that question before. I remember asking Plasco Burris, you know, one, like, hey, did you catch it? It was like a second and 10, and, and you know, he caught it. It's like, oh, okay, good. He caught it. We're going to have first down. And then I see the replay, and it bounced like three times before he got there. I'm like, why are you lying to me? Now it's third and 10. We got to think about a play. Like, we could have been preparing for this situation a little bit more. And so, you know, David, did you really like, – don't lie to me. Did you really – he's like, I promise you, I caught it. The ball never touched the ground. Oh, man. Yeah, well, those are the decisions at quarterback. That's what 
I don't think receivers think about that. I'm just going to be honest. No, no, they're just, they're just used to uh, give me know. the ball. They're Give's used the to the quarterback asking, you know, were you open? Yeah, yeah, I was. I was open. You, you watch the film. You know, he'd fallen down and like three guys were on him, and he was out of bounds. Yeah, I was open. I was wide open. Why didn't you throw it to me? So yeah. two two great MVPs for you, brother. If there was another teammate that you would have given the MVP for in any of those games could you think of a good guy there you know just Justin Tuck was a defensive player he you know he had a couple sacks uh he got after Brady had a you know fumble caused a fumble on one so you know he was he was dominant in those games and played outstanding so uh I think he was definitely in contention for for at least one of those all right the Bengals have completely shocked the world this season Come on, second-year quarterback coming off a major knee injury. Here they are as champions of the AFC. How incredible has this run been for the Bengals? How impressed are you with Joe Burrow? I mean, that's a Louisiana boy. Come on now. Exactly. You know, uh, obviously had a great, great career at LSU. And I think, you know, you don't see a lot of young quarterbacks kind of their first time entering the playoffs go out there and do well. And and the fact that he's, you know, going on the road, beating teams – uh, going to, you know, beating Kansas City in Kansas City, a team that's playing so good. But I think the fact that you have a quarterback who won a national championship, he's been kind of through that playoff system a little bit in college. He's been uh, in, in those situations before, gave him an advantage through this playoff run. And obviously you put him with, with Jamar Chase, you know, these guys, about, you know, being on the same page early Ooh. on. They played together. They were in college together. Yeah, it's wonderful. Teams and they jump in, and he's dynamic. I mean, he's oh. just—he makes plays. He can win on the outside. He can win on the out, you know, on the inside. He's run after catch. He just gets open. So it's fun to watch him play. It's, they're playing well. They're feeling good. They're kind of that. Hey, we're not supposed to be here, but let's just go out there and and be free and and let it all out there. And it's working. And they're winning winning tight games. Got a pretty good kicker too, Evan McPherson. First-year player who's really stepping up in big moments and delivering big kicks. You know, can't forget about the K guys. You know, come on now. No doubt, no doubt. Big, uh, a lot of game winners. Big closer, for sure. Yeah. So these guys are stepping up. Oh, big time. For the second straight year, we'll have the champion of the NFC hosting the Super Bowl as the Rams get back to the big game with Sean McVay. But this time around, it's Matthew Stafford at quarterback. Hey, man, how happy are you for Stafford to finally make it all the way to the Super Bowl, you know, after years and years of, well, of Detroit Lions? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I've known, known Matthew a long time since he was in college at Georgia. And, and uh, yeah, he's a great kid. Obviously, you know, has been a tremendous player just hadn't been on great teams. And, you know, for the fact that, hey, they made the trade, the Rams said, hey, you know, if we're getting back to the Super Bowl or we're going to win a championship, we got to make a trade. We we want Matthew Stafford. They did it. They gave up a lot for it. Obviously, it's paying off, right? It was the right decision. He's playing his best football uh, right now. He's, Ooh, you know, he's kind of had some ups and downs during the season, played great, had a couple back. That happens in football, but I feel like they're on track right now. They run the ball well. The offense line's playing well. I think the, the Odell getting him into the mix where he's, you know, when you have a, a, a dynamic player like Odell, but he's your number two receiver, Cooper Cup's getting double team, Odell single cover. I mean, he can win on in-breaking routes. He can win on slants. He can win on those one-on-one athletic plays. And so he's doing that. So they're just, they're clicking. And obviously their defense, Aaron Donald just, you know, he's just disruptive uh, every play. Von Miller's showing up for the playoffs. I mean, they're getting after the quarterback. They're playing good football. And, you know, obviously to, to be in a Super Bowl in your hometown is pretty exciting. Yeah, you mentioned with Odell. fans this year, with fans. You know. Right on. Yeah, well, that was some weird stuff, uh, the empty stadiums. Yeah. I mean, just really weird. 
you mentioned Odell Beckham, and you're right, man. The fade routes where you go and get at the highest point, he's really athletic. He's powerful. And, you know, you played with him for five years. Why has there always been this drama with Odell, and why is L.A. the right fit for Odell? <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't think L.A., drama, Odell. You know, I know. On paper, it doesn't work. I think it's just the fact that, you know, I think he's just learned, he's learned his lesson a little bit. He's grown up some. I think the fact that he's not, you know, the, the, the main focus, right? They have big-name guys there. They have Aaron Donald. They have Matthew Stafford. Cooper Cup's come on and led the league in receptions, touchdowns, yards, everything. And so – you know, he kind of gets there in the middle of the season, finds his role a little bit, and now all of a sudden, hey, you're thrown in there. And, you know, I think they found out what he does best and, you know, what situations do we put in for him to excel. And so uh, he's doing it. He's throwing, yeah, he's throwing passes. He's catching passes. So I think it's just the fact that, hey, he's kind of, you know, bought into that team effort. They're winning playoff games in a Super Bowl now, a chance to win a championship. So, you know, happy for him and, and being a part of that. You know, you're making a really good point, Eli, because uh, some of these high-profile guys who are used to getting the ball all the time and being the man at a team, when they come into a new situation, I don't want to say Odell Beckham is hiding in plain sight, but he kind of is hiding in plain sight there. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Having having another quality receiver that's really ahead of him. I mean, like Cup had a unbelievable. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe one of the greatest years for a wide receiver ever, right? So maybe this is good for this is I don't want to say humble pie for Dale Beckham, but it allows him the space to operate where they feel he's good. Yeah, maybe that's. Yeah. And I think that's what it is. You, you don't have to. I mean, I think when you had him before, you're trying to put him at the right spot to get him the ball and force him the ball. And it's just sometimes everybody knows he's getting the ball. Right. So now it's a hey, they're kind of doing that with Cooper Cup. And hey, you know, he's getting, you know, Odell's getting single coverage. He can just norm, run his normal not route tree. We don't have to specialize things and move them around and be tricky. Hey, we'll do that with Cup. You just line up on the outside, run your route tree, win the one on one matchups. When we get one on one, we're coming to you. And, and he can do that. He can win those. I'm going to give you a Peyton emoji on that one. I agree. I think that's, a, that's good sound reasoning right there, man. Just a couple of, uh, of, of finishing things here for you, Eli. I really appreciate your time, buddy. Yeah, thanks a lot. It's been a it's lot of been fun. Great. Uh, it's been great, man. It's uh, it's nice when it's easy and uh, we, we can just talk football. Even a kicker can talk a little football here and there, you know what? <laughs> Let's talk about your Giants, you know. Let's talk about them in the last 10 years. Since Super Bowl 46, they've had two winning seasons, right? What's the biggest problem with the franchise over the past decade? Why, why haven't they been able to win consistently? That's number one. Let's take that one first, and then I got a follow-up question. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's one, you know, one one reason. I mean, every year is a little bit different. There was a couple of years where, hey, we were scoring points and, and, and really good offensively, just couldn't stop teams, couldn't win those tight games in the fourth quarter and, and, and kind of, get, you know, win, win in those two-minute situations. And then, obviously, there's been a lot of turnover with the coaches. So, and, you know, I feel like, you know, got a new, you know, GM with Joe Shane. And, you know, he's been in Buffalo, been around a lot of places. So, hopefully – get that going just get the, you know get the right players in there get the right head coach that's just going to change the culture get the culture where it needs to be and get guys just all in on winning got to be able to score more points offensively so it's a great fan base it's a great tradition the ownership is so committed to the team to put in a great product out there they do whatever anything possible just to go win they're 100 behind the team and only care about winning games and doing the right thing so i know they'll get it back yeah, I absolutely love. Played for the Giants in 2001. Love to play for the Mara and Tish family. I remember Wellington, the late great uh, Wellington Mara. He would have a he had a hunting stool. He would come out and he would put in the ground, 
and he I, I would be out early kicking, you know, on those fields around the stadium, yeah. and uh, he would sit there and watch and ask me questions. I mean, this is the owner of the New York Football Giant on, on, a, on a stool, on, on a hunting stool, sitting there with his coffee and, and, and watching me kick. I was just so blown away by it. Well, this is his life, you know. It wasn't like he he bought the team or he you know made money in other things and no. bought a franchise. I mean, franchise was his job. That's you know, the Giants was was his job. He owned it since he was fifteen years yeah. old, and so you know that's uh, it was awesome, man. It's just awesome to be part of that franchise. Yeah, it was a great franchise. It is a great franchise. I hope they get back to winning ways. And yeah. one of the ways they probably could, I mean, they've been linked to a lot of these big name quarterbacks and Rogers, Russell Wilson, that may become available, may, uh, or someone of that caliber. Have you seen enough from Daniel Jones in his first three seasons to say that that's the guy that the Giants continue to build their team around? Or do you look somewhere else? Well, yeah, I mean, I think I think Daniel, uh, I love the way he works. I love his commitment to the game. I love how he does everything. And I think it's, you know, a little bit unfair with the, you know, the people surrounded around him. Uh, you know, he's had different offensive coordinators every year. So I think he, he earns the respect of his teammates. I think he has the respect of his coaches and, the, the, you know, the fact that he's, you know, the way he works, the way he studies and prepares and does those things. So you just hope that it can show up on the game day and can get the production that he deserves to his hard work. So I think you got to, you know, stay with him and give him a shot. So you couldn't see a Russell Wilson on an Aaron Rodgers coming in. You know, I think there's just other pieces that you got to fix before you get, you know, kind of kind of make that decision. I think there's there's too many other uh, areas that they need to make improvements before they, you know, go pay a bunch to get the quarterback. I just don't think that's the, I don't think that's the, you know, the one missing element to get them back to the playoffs. All righty, uh, Ole Miss is in their third year with Lane Kiffin here, and it's trending in the right direction for your Rebels. Five and five the first year, ten and three this year, and a trip to the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. What do you like about Lane Kiffin, and ha- how do you feel he's handled these first couple of years in Ole Miss? Yeah, I think Lane's done a great job, and obviously, you know, the relationship with Matt Corral and 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 the development of him. You know, he came, he was been there a few years. You know, wasn't always playing great, kind of his first year there under Lane, but these last two years have played outstanding. He runs the ball through the ball, and so. Yeah. You, know, just, you know, look forward to how he continues to do that with the other quarterbacks. And, and you kind of think of Lane and throwing the football and explosive, but the way they run the ball, they really run the ball really, really well, have a great uh, mind for just being creative and that, you know, getting your guys out, out in the open. And so, and then their defense made big strides this year. Uh, so it's been fun, fun to watch. And obviously it was exciting to see him in the, in the Sugar Bowl and, and mm. to get down there for some games. Or how badly do you want your nephew Arch now to follow in your step, Cooper's steps, your your dad's step? I mean, and, and come and play for Ole Miss. I know you guys are playing it close to the vest, but yeah. right here on Great Day Nation, let's let's <laughs> let's break some news. Let's go, Eli. You know, uh, you know, I'll treat it treat it just how my 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 dad treated me when I was making my decision, and and you know, it's yeah. it, it all it all based on the kid and who he has a great relationship with, what coaches what city and school where he feels he's going to be comfortable and can grow, can be the player he wants to be, can be the student he wants to be. And so it's all up to, the, you know, all up to him and his field and uh, we'll support him and whatever school he goes to, you know, for those, for those four years, you know, if it's not Ole Miss, Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll be a fan for, for a brief moment uh, for those four years. 
I did see him with an old Miss hat. I saw him with a Georgia hat on. I don't know what that means. Must have been a hat that was given to him just randomly. I'm not sure. <laughs> any uh, any comments on that? Uh, yeah, you know, I think yeah, obviously, you know, he, he's been to visits to Georgia and Alabama and Ole Miss yeah. and Texas. I mean, sure. it's hard to go wrong if you pick one of those. I hear you. All right, a little name game here, and we'll we'll, right. we'll 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 sew it up, brother. Whatever comes to mind when I throw a name at you, doesn't have to be a long diatribe. It can be an, a, a word or sentence, okay. something like that. Tom Coughlin, uh, just you know, great coach, even better person. Yeah, Kurt Warner. Uh, he could he could throw the in cut better than anybody. It's great touch and and learn so much from him. What did you learn from Kurt? Because Kurt's been around. I mean, he's won a Super Bowl, obviously, and he his story is amazing. I have you seen his movie. I haven't seen it yet, but look forward to look look forward to watching it. I think I think from Kurt, I just learned just how to prepare. Like you know, um, yeah. you know, in person watching a guy, how he prepared each week. You know, how he questioned the court, not questioned the coordinator, but had questions for the coordinator about why plays were in, when we wanted to work things, what the checks were, just how he. How he managed each week and, and understanding the game plan uh, yeah. was, was so beneficial for me. Uh, Michael Strahan, you know, always had my back. Uh, you know, early years I was struggling some. You know, he's always supported me, had my back, and appreciated him so much. Yeah, Jeremy Shockey. You know, Jeremy was uh, entertaining always, uh, but a, a but a beast on the field. Love, you know, competitive, and just uh, found ways just to bring the energy to the game. Uh, let me go with Amani Toomer. Played Just, with him as well in 2001. Oh, uh, yeah. There you go. Uh, Amani, uh, great feet on the sideline. He had more just uh, – I mean, he could do a clinic. Just on how to how to catch, get the feet down right at the sideline. Just all, had great awareness where he was. Let's go with uh, Victor Cruz. Uh, uh, Victor, hey, salsa dancing. I mean, Victor just had. That's um, right. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Victor had a great ability to just see what the defense was doing. And, and we gave him a lot of options where he could break in, he could go straight, he could wide to the sideline. And he just, that wasn't too much for him. Sometimes you get a guy too many options. They can't, they, they do, you know, the one thing you can't do is what they would do. He would always do the right one, had a great feel, and just worked really hard to get to be able to do that. Before we go, we have a, a listener question from Carlos on Twitter. Which Manning family member needs the most takes in their commercials? Needs the most. Oh, uh, the most takes. You know, in other words. Oh, another take. Take two. Take, take three. Two, take take two. Two. Uh, huh, that's a good question. Uh, we, 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 you know, they kind of a lot. Of, they call us one take Manning. That's kind of our, oh, our good deal. So we don't, like we don't need many. We kind of get get there and uh, and do it. My dad. My dad's maybe, you know, a little bit more just he can't hear as well. So if someone gives him a little coaching, he doesn't he doesn't always hear it. So we might have to do one extra for that. Well, we did one take here, brother. All right. That was fun, Morton. I had a blast, man. And uh, I hope to hope to see you down the road. We'll see you down the can't, road. Can't, can't wait to see you in Canton, Ohio. And if you need me on the Manning cast, uh, put in a good word. Put in a good word with your brother Peyton, you know, and, and I'll see send him a text. If send I, him a text and say, "Hey, Morton, Morton did okay with me. I, I, you're safe. You can come I'll, on. Go to the dark place." I'll say, "Hey, Pey, you know, it was with Morton. I get him on the Manning cast next year. If I get the thumbs up or the okay, you know, you're gonna. I, mean, I think I got a feeling you're gonna get two <laughs> two thumbs down. As long as it's not the middle finger, Eli. We're in good shape. We're in good shape. Hey, take care, my friend. All right, Morton. Appreciate uh, it. I love you, brother, and I appreciate uh, you coming on, man. All the best. It was a great conversation with Eli. 
Of course, I'll have more on him and my game winner at the end of the podcast. But Freeze Pops, before we get into this week's Fast Five, what do you have for us? The DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing you the DraftKings Championship Series, the king of competitions. DraftKings Championship Series is the ultimate competition of contest winners for daily fantasy, sportsbook, and casino. The best of the best in each domain will compete for series supremacy in their own domain's tournament of champions. They'll have one goal in mind, win the ultimate crown and earn the title of the greatest of all time, the GOAT. Here's how you qualify. In Daily Fantasy, you have to either win a Fantasy World Championship with qualification required or win one of the 89 Millionaires, which has a direct buy-in. On the sportsbook side, you have to either win a sportsbook championship or win a designated sportsbook pool with a direct buy-in for both. And on the casino side, you have to get on the casino leaderboard with a direct buy-in there as well. Make sure you check out DraftKings.com for more information on dates and locations. The DraftKings Championship Series is the king of competitions. All right, let's get into Morton's Fast Five. This is Morton's Fast Five presented by BetMGM, where we run through the five biggest games of the weekend. But hey, there's only one game here. We've got the Hall of Famer. He's going to give you his knowledge. You guys place your bets accordingly. Super Bowl 56 on tap. The NFC champion Rams. They're at home taking on the AFC champion Bengals. The Bengals are technically the home team from a uniform standpoint, if that matters to you at all, which to some people it does. According to our friends at BetMGM, the Rams are four and a half point favorites. They're sitting at minus 200 on the money line. The Bengals are at plus 165 and the over under is set at 48 and a half. That as of Wednesday recording this podcast, we've been talking about this matchup nonstop since it was set couple of Sunday nights ago. Morton, where's your head at now as we are on day 10 of previewing this game? It's squarely on the back of the tiger, of the Bengal. It is. I have not changed my mind. I like my 25-year-old quarterback. I mean, let's face it, he's trying to join this exclusive group of quarterbacks that won a Super Bowl within the first two years of being a starter in the NFL. The others, you might have heard of them, guessing. Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger, John Brady, Kurt Warner, all probably Hall of Famers. Well, Kurt's already in, but the others, they have to wait a little longer. So that's it. That's a list. That's a short list. So Logic would say that's not going to happen. That's the underdog, and he's a young guy. He had swagger. He's had swagger at, at Ohio State when he transferred to LSU. All the way along his journey, he's had a tremendous amount of confidence, and I haven't seen anything in the playoffs. I haven't seen anything in the regular season, even when they had their rough spell and they were, what, six and seven at some point, and we're thinking, there's no way they're winning the division. Time after time, Mr. Burrow took care of business. My only concern with the Bengals is that right, right side of the offensive line against his Rams defense. The right guard and the right tackle play. I think Aaron Donald, I think Von Miller could get a push and disrupt some things there. But again, 
Barrel under pressure and outside the pocket, very effective. Has been very effective. So yeah, to answer your question, Freeze, I am squarely on the back of the Cincinnati Bengals. And they're the underdog. I love it. And the home team. Wow. <laughs> the home team in L.A. So actually, th this is a random question I was thinking of when I was prepping today, Morton. Mm -hmm. Does the jersey thing, like, is there any sort of psychology there as a player? Like, if you're in a jersey that you hate, does that actually uh, impact your play? Or is that just lunacy to think about? I love the home jerseys, the dark jerseys. Yes. That's always been my favorite with the Saints, the black and gold. Not the white jerseys. Plus, white on me. Let's face it. It's not really flattering. Black, dark, you know, the red, the black with the Falcons, the blue with the men of the Giants in New York. Those were good. The red in Kansas City. The purple in Minnesota. Eh, not so much. Here comes Barney. <laughs> I like the dark. I like the home jerseys. And um, yeah. I mean, Cincinnati, I don't think Cincinnati's going to L.A. thinking this is a, a really big away game. I think they're just thinking this is neutral ground. We're going to have our fans there. The heat is on, on the Rams, let's face it. No one, including the odds makers. I mean, some people are betting the Bengals, I'm sure. But overall, I would say the majority of the pundits, the experts, are taking the Rams, including you, Freeze. Or have you changed your mind? No, I'm not wavering. I'm going with the Rams here. I just, you know, you brought up that offensive line situation for the Bengals and you brought up Aaron Donald and Von Miller. And I just can't see a world where those guys don't just dictate the pace and the entire narrative of the game, I think, is going to be determined on that line of scrimmage mm -hmm. when that Bengals offense goes up against that Rams defense. And I think it's like, a legacy game situation for Aaron Donald. We always talk about him as this guy who's one of the all-time great defensive linemen and really one of the best defensive players in the history of the NFL. He's won three Defensive Player of the Years. Very few guys have that many awards on that side of the ball, and he's got them. And he's been to one Super Bowl where he played well. The Patriots offense really didn't do anything, and he had a good game but they lost. And when you lose a Super Bowl, you don't get as much credit in the in the resume category as when you win a Super Bowl. We, we all know mm -hmm. this to be true for years and years and years. I think it's time for Aaron Donald to get that Lombardi on his resume. I think he's going to absolutely dominate this game. And I see the Rams taking care of business. I know that they don't really have a great home field advantage out in LA. There's mm -hmm. a ton of transplant fans out there. Ohioans travel well. I'm sure you're going to see a lot of orange and black in that stadium yelling, who day, who day, which I know you love. So yeah, I love that. I love that thing. <laughs> so I, I'm going with the Rams here, but you know, like you mentioned, the pressure is on them to get it done. No team really ever has done what they've done from a team building standpoint. They've completely mortgaged the oh, future. Yeah, they want to win now. They're they, all in. It'll be a big failure if they don't win like in the next like this year or the next couple of years. And and one of those guys, Jalen Ramsey. He's going to be locked on Chase for sure, right? He's going to be manned up. So what What about T. Higgins, the Bengals' second receiver, right? Mm -hmm. Is he going to have a big game all of a sudden? 
I you think know? he's a guy that you could see having mm-hmm. a bigger impact in the Super Bowl than people may have thought uh, ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And, and Jalen Ramsey already, we're midway through the week, and he's already talking about how he wants Chase. He's asking for Chase in meetings and all that stuff. So typically when a corner or safety is calling out a guy early in the week, there's going to be some action there one way or the other. Like Burrow is going to hear that. And because of his swagger, he's going to target Chase now. Like I, I fully anticipate there being some sort of thing that happens between Ramsey and Chase on the field whether football related or extracurricular because of the talking that's going back and forth. This Can week. you say rub route? Can you say yeah. pick play? Oh yeah. We're going to see, see something happen. Something underneath, get Chase in space, see if Ramsey mm-hmm. can catch him. Mm. They're going to test that early. Yeah, but you're right. To your point about the Rams, they're all in right now. They need to, it's win now mentality and it'll be huge, huge letdown. If they don't with the guys, you know, with the guys they brought in, Odell Beckham Jr., Vaughn Miller. They signed Jalen Ramsey to a big contract. They signed Aaron Donald to a big contract. They traded a ton of draft picks for Stafford and Ramsey initially. So they've been trading draft picks like they grow on trees for the past seven years. So now it's put up or shut up for the Rams. So it's it's not, you know, it's not that I'm not hot on Stafford. But here's the thing with him, to me. It happened in Detroit. It's happened with the Rams. A couple times a game. He Fs it up. Yep. He throws a pick. Yep. He fumbles a ball. He loses possession for the Rams. And it costs them. That's all I'm going to say. He's got the strongest arm, one of the strongest arms in the league. He can throw it 80 yards. Beautiful. He's a competitor. Beautiful. Leads his team. Great attitude. Beautiful. But you gotta hold on to the ball. I know. I want to measure his hands. Is he a small hand guy? Did they check that at the combine back in 2009, whenever he was drafted? I am not a digit expert, <laughs> so I can't uh, verify his hand size. But uh, I'll sh- I'm sure our listeners will chime in on on social and help you out, Freeze. Yeah, we gotta we gotta get an investigation. I mean, he's a tall line. guy, so I would imagine. Yeah. It would be weird for a tall guy to have small hands. Let's do some quick research. We'll get the research department on it here okay. uh, momentarily, see if we can get some some info here. Okay, so Matthew Stafford's hand is a 10-incher. What does that uh, mean? I don't know. Someone of his height would be expected to have a hand span of 9-2. Okay, so, so he's, he's actually slightly above, above average. average. Okay, average. so it's it's not a hand size issue. It's just yeah. a, It's just a goofiness issue. Regardless of his hand size, the Bengals secondary is 26 against defending the pass. So he's going to have opportunities. The question is, will he throw it to the people in the right jersey? I have to imagine he's going to throw at least a pick. Like, that's just what he does. So that'll keep the Bengals in the game. Look, this game can't come soon enough. We've been talking about it for 10 days. It feels like 10 years at yeah. this point. And Zach Taylor, that's kind of cool. Zach Taylor was kind of a, uh, you know, McVeigh protege, right? So McVeigh, when he lost the Super Bowl to Belichick, said he was out coached. I don't think that that's going to happen in this one with Zach Taylor and McVeigh. But interesting, two young coaches that are having success here. So that'll be fun to watch how they manage the game. I think it's a close game, Freeze. I got a field goal. I got I got Evan McPherson winning it at the end. 
What's his? Uh, what's the name that he trademarked this week? Oh, I think it's Mac like something. Mac something. Money Mac or Money something. Money Mac. <laughs> wow. Hey, you live by the sword, you die by the sword, Evan McPherson. You better, you better perform, brother, in this biggest game of your life. When you start trademarking ahead of time, he's obviously, uh, you know, anticipating great things. Confidence is high. Trying to cash in. I understand. Look, you gotta you gotta make your money when you yeah. can, right? Money Mac, okay. <laughs> money Mort. Uh, maybe I should trademark like money money Dane. Money Mort has a nice ring to it. I like Money that. Mort, money freeze. <laughs> Not money, as good a ring. Money to pops. It. Money pops. Ooh. I mean, I thought I was coming up with a clutch point there with the hand size thing and I got completely shot down, so I, I don't <laughs> feel like I'm money right now. I gotta hey. I gotta admit. Google doesn't lie. <laughs> you went right to the research and it, it told you above average hand size. I'm blaming so. the research department. I'm blaming the research department <laughs> Which, for this one. By the way, it's you. Well, <laughs> semantics. All right, so Martin, you have the Bengals yeah. at plus four and a half. You have yes. them at plus 165 then, and you mm -hmm. think it's going to be a low scoring affair, high scoring affair. What do you think about that over under number at 48 and a half? Wow. I think, therefore I am Descartes, that's anyway. Um, I'm gonna go with the, what am I gonna go with here? I'm going with the under, I'm going under. Yeah, I, I'm going with the under too. I have the final score sitting at 24-20. So I'm looking at 44 mm -hmm. points scored. So that would hit the under there. So you're sort of in the same boat as me, but you're going Bengals. I'm going Bengals, you're going uh, the Ramses. You don't have the backing of 2 billion Chinese, the year of the <laughs> tiger, the ox is out. Uh, last we talked, you compared a ram to an ox or a buccaneer, which completely made no sense. But hey, <laughs> if you want to live with the rams, that's cool. And compare them to oxes and buccaneers. I don't know even know where you were going with that whole spiel. <laughs> I was actually trying to help support your point in that, and I again it fell flat. I'm over two on these uh, on these spur of the moment. Well, uh, I don't know what the hell my point there. was. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's a week ago, yeah, two weeks ago. Come on. Hey, we're on to the Super Bowl. We are. I'm heading out there. That's right. So I have um, Thursday. I land at five thirty. I have a car service take me straight to. Ditka and Jaws, uh, which is Ron Jaworski's cigar party, a big charity for their foundations. Uh, somewhere in LA, I have no clue where. I just know that somebody's picking me up and dropping me. So I am gonna have an issue with luggage because mm. I will not be at the hotel till after this party, which is way out in Universal Studios City. That was the only hotel I could find. <laughs> so I don't know how far that is from this thing. So I'm gonna be lugging. I'm gonna tell the driver to stand by with my luggage. Yeah, I was going to say, just leave the luggage in the car, right? It would be really weird to walk in with luggage, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. You got to get that car service guy to stick around. <laughs> All right, good. All right, so that's, okay. So you helped me solve that one. <laughs> and then Friday, so, okay, that's that. And I'm meeting Mark Patterson, which we had him on the show. Great Seven guy. Summits guy, my former teammate with the Saints. Great guy. So we'll hang out Thursday night. Then Friday... I'm going to the Hall of Fame luncheon. I'm taking Mark there as well. Normally, insert wife. You know, my wife would be doing all these events. 
But since she's not going because it's a short trip, I'm, I'm literally just kind of doing these events. I'm not even staying for the game, jumping back on Sunday to Atlanta. Um, so Hall of Fame luncheon on Friday, and then we got an alumni party and a Legends Lounge on Friday. So Friday's going to be kind of busy with networking, if you will. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm calling it. Networking day. <laughs> a networking day. And then Saturday, man, I, I don't have anything. I kind of have a, a, a free day, so I'm thinking I might go to Manhattan Beach or Malibu, walk on the beach, get a little exercise, you know, maybe hit a little spot and have a cold beverage overlooking the Pacific. That sounds great to me. Maybe crush a few marks. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a great call. So I, I love it. That's my Saturday. I have a couple of healthy Cali dishes, I'm sure. Anything except for tofu. I don't. I can't do it. Mm, Are you a tofu yeah, guy? No, no tofu is Tofu is like pretend meat. It's not even, I don't know. It's no, gross. I'm out on tofu. Couple of kale salads. Oh, I'm not a big, I'll juice kale, but I'm in a salad. It's so rough that it's it scratches leafy. the roof of my mouth. Yeah, no. It's too I'm leafy. not a kale guy either. Yeah. And I don't digest it well. Anyway, yeah, so we're uh, aligned on kale, we're aligned on tofu. That's good. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right, so Saturday, I'm thinking, what would you do, Malibu or Manhattan Beach? Or would oh, you go Manhattan all the way down? Beach. You'd go Manhattan Beach. Yeah. Better vibe. Nice. Better vibe. Yeah. So I actually don't know if I've told you this morning. I lived in L.A. for four and a half months in college. I did a semester out there. I interned at Fox Sports Radio. So I know a little bit of L.A. I don't want to call myself an L.A. expert because I didn't have enough money to be an L.A. expert when I was out there in (laughs) college. Um, But I I love that city. I'm jealous. I wish I was going with you. This uh, sounds like a great time. I'll report back to you what if it's Manhattan or... I think Newport Beach, I looked at that too, Balboa Yeah, Island, Newport Beach is it's nice. It's kind of yeah. far. It's kind of far. Yeah, so if you're ma- staying at Universal City, yeah. Yeah. Sunday, I have a pregame Hall of Fame event prior to the game, and then I'm done. And I have a flight out at 1130, so I got to find a place to go watch the game. Where would I watch the game? Like a watch mm. party. Would I go to a sports bar on the beach? Would I go to a hotel and sit in the bar close to the airport so I don't have to deal with traffic? Or do I go to this sky club in the airport and just belly up to the bar and watch it at the airport? Haven't checked my luggage in. For the it just return. depends on the vibe you're going for, right? Like if you want convenience, then that's the move. Sky bar at the airport, do your thing. But if you're out in LA for a few days, you might have some conversations. You get invited to a cool party. Right, know? right, right, right. So, so I would kind of keep yourself flexible if you're looking to, you know, do some LA adventuring on Super Bowl Sunday. But me personally, I'd probably go with the airport option. But that's because I'm kind of lazy. Paranoid or paranoid? Yeah, you're gonna. Miss I don't want to miss a flight. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm I don't want to miss. That shows up super early. I don't want to miss this flight because it's the red eye back. I get into Atlanta like Monday morning. At at 6.30, and if I miss the flight, everything's booked for two days because everybody's leaving Monday. Yeah. So I'm thinking, let me get out ahead of the, the herd. Plus, I got to talk to you on Monday afternoon. That's right. Me, you, Brian Finneran, going to do a Super Bowl post-game reaction show. We're recording on Monday. We're waiting until after the game, collect all our thoughts, talking to our friend, Beefin, who we helped preview the season with. And now he's going to help us react to the Super Bowl. So yeah. we are sandwiching in Brian Finner in, in the Great Dane Nation universe. So looking forward to Sunday, man. Going to yeah. be fun. Our Should official be. picks are in. 
Morton going Bengals. I'm going Rams. We will see what happens this weekend. All right, now it's time for Morton's Game Winner. Archie, Olivia, Cooper, Peyton, and Eli Manning. The Mannings. They stand alone, yet stay together. As a family, they're connected to their heritage, their roots, their home, New Orleans. It's where Archie played his pro ball and where his boys learned to throw and catch the ball better than most. They are synonymous with football and the pursuit of excellence. Isidore Newman High School was the beneficiary of the Manning family's talents and still is with grandson Arch Manning slinging the rock in uptown New Orleans. I have known the Mannings for a long time. My rookie year with the Saints in 1982 was the year Archie Manning was traded to Houston, virtually ending his legendary career. Archie is a Southern gentleman and he and Olivia have raised their boys to be respectful, charming, and thoughtful men. While all different, Cooper, Peyton, and Eli all have their parents' personalities with them. They're easy to like, which is one of the reasons that advertisers are queuing up to have them endorse their wares. Being a Manning carries a heavy responsibility, and they all guard that privilege with laser focus. After all, it's big business. I really enjoyed spending time with Archie, who was our first guest on Great Dane Nation 75 episodes ago. So it seems only appropriate that during this Super Bowl week, we would have Eli on as our 75th guest. He did not disappoint and delivered exactly what I thought he would. Funny, insightful commentary delivered with a shrug and a smile. Eli's timing is impeccable. Although he's the quiet brother, his sense of humor sneaks up on you. He lets it hang for a while. Comedic timing, I think it's called. Eli had a 16-year career with the New York Football Giants and won two Super Bowls. He was the MVP in both games and is the reason Tom Brady doesn't have nine rings. Eli, along with his brothers, have made an indelible mark on the game of football. And like their parents, they understand the value of standing alone, yet staying together. Firmly grounded like a Manning. We'll see you next time. BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. And they have a really cool promotion going on right now for new players only. Bet $10 to win $200 if your team scores a touchdown. Bet on any NFL money line. And if your team scores a touchdown, you'll receive an additional $200 in free bets. Must be 21 or older to play. Legal in Arizona, New Jersey, Indiana, Colorado, Tennessee, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Washington, D.C. only. Full terms and conditions apply. BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks, and it's the official odds maker of Great Dane Nation.